and we are going live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraum. You ready for a big podcast this week, Seth? Oh, yeah. All right, let's jump into it. The podcast headline this week is Tesla layoffs, a big price hike, and more weirdness. And the weirdness is, as usual, courtesy of uh, Elon Musk. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, there was quite a few controversies this week but like what everyone is talking about right now is, is kind of an interesting one we, we haven't really reported on it because it's not exactly our beat but it, it it kind of uh wraps up into it now because um so these these employees at spacex ended up sending this this um open letter they called it that basically outlined how they believe that spacex is not really upholding their no-hassle theory, uh, uh, no-hassle practice or policy that they have in place. That's how they call it. Excuse my language. Uh, It's literally the name of the policy. Uh, Regarding Elon Musk's behavior lately, especially within Twitter, uh, and uh, they're referring to things like there's this little, like, insult matches that he has with other billionaires, like, Jeff Bezos or, or Bill Gates that are not really appropriate for someone that is basically the de facto SpaceX and Tesla spokesperson right now. And um, and the most surprising thing of it all, so these employees, basically, it, the, the letter, like you can go read it. It's, it's been made public, hence the name open letter. Uh, it, it's very tame really they just they, they don't go into many details they just are like like this this is behavior that is uh distracting for us it's uh um it, it's it's not representative of the company we think and uh all they were asking is like spacex to to make a comment to uh differentiate like to make it clear that it, what elon is doing is not like representative of the company um sounds kind of fair especially with the context of Elon just now saying that his comments are not representative of the, of the company that is, is is taught of consciousness. Like it's just that he's putting on Twitter, but then SpaceX went around and uh, fired those, uh, those three, three employees that were related to that, uh, uh, that open letter. And so, we should, we should uh, mention that all this stuff is on our sister site, spaceexplorer.com. Yes, exactly. Um, and, Especially coming from from Elon, that just claims to be a free speech absolvist, and of course, free speech doesn't mean being free of uh, of any kind of penalty to, to, to your speech. But firing the employees for voicing simply voicing their disapproval of his of his behavior, which a lot of other people do, by the way, other other than the hardcore Elon fans and Tesla fans out there, there's not a lot of people that are like, yeah, this is like normal behavior for anyone and especially not for like CEO of major companies that do extremely important work. Um, this, and I mean, you know me, Seth, I, I've been c- critical of Elon for, for, for a while when he goes like, he goes a little bit wild and of Tesla when they do some things that I don't, I don't agree with, but I've been, I've still been like in the corner. Like I'm still a Tesla investor. I'm still a big fan of the company. I've, I haven't sold my car. Like some people have done yeah. <laughs> big fan of, like, I'm like, this is a great car. I'm not going to sell that. Like, but, um, 
I'm I'm to the point now that I'm like starting to get actually worried. Like before that, I was like, I I I cannot even imagine myself being in the situation that Elon Musk is like with all the attention that he gets, with uh, the, the just the 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 um, amount of work, the stress that comes with it, and all that. I, I cannot even imagine that. Uh, so I thought like, all right, sometimes like it, it gets to him and he, he does he says things that he shouldn't say and and whatnot. But now I'm starting like this is for the last like few months to a year now. It, it feels like a I don't know about you, but like for me, like it feels like a dangerous ramp up in behavior. Yeah, I don't know if it's stress related or if it's uh, you know as you've talked about quite a bit the uh, the pollution of his feedback uh, loop. Uh, you know he's he's obviously spending tons of time on Twitter, you know doom scrolling or whatever. But like, you know, I'll look at my Twitter feed and, you know, I'll see the people replying to Elon and they're all like negative. But if I go into Twitter and because, you know, somebody blocks me or whatever and um, and I, I do it for account. You mean? Okay. Yes. Incognito mode. Yeah. Um, I'll see a totally different uh, stream of consciousness. And then yeah. I, I see a whole bunch of people who are like, you know, super Elon bots. So. I imagine he's probably seeing nothing but bots and nothing but, you know, mm-hmm. the super fans, you know, egging him on. So he's got that Twitter feedback loop that's, you know, total like toxic. And then he's got the real life people around him who like, you know, any descent, this space explored um, is a good example. So, uh, sorry, SpaceX, SpaceX <laughs> thing. Um, it's, <clears throat> you know, it seemed like a reasonable letter. I mean, obviously, like it was, you know, not. It was bold. It was bold to do that. It was regarding bold. your your boss, and it's clear that there were names attached to it. So mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't crazy, mm-hmm. but it was. It seemed reasonable. Like, hey, reel mm-hmm. it in, Elon. You're, you know, you're not. It's not. It's not healthy for the organization. Um, you know, there's a lot of people inside who are just like, you know, this isn't what I signed up for, and that is like legitimate feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, you know. And, and, you know, then it comes to the free speech thing and, you know, Elon saying he's a free speech absolutist, you know, this is a clear example of that not being the case. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and we've, you know, personally seen where, you know, we say, Hey, uh, you told everybody that full self-driving hardware, uh, 2.5 was all they would need for full self-driving. And now you're telling them that they need to pay for it. And then we get blocked or, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever we're, we're, no longer in the friend group. So uh, I don't know. It just seems like there's like a real problem right now because he's surrounded by yes, men and women in, in Gwen Shot and, bot. <laughs> and bots. And, uh, yes, bots. You know, he doesn't seem to want to get out of it and he doesn't want to seem to listen to other people. I also find it weird. Um, I was listening to the, you know, hour long interview again with, with, mm. Um, the Tesla club. Um, and, uh, you know, he was talking about how the unions, which like, I get it. The unions were not nice to Elon or Tesla because mm. that, you know, that's, they're like the enemy. I get it. But like, and you know, the Democrats are obviously in, I wouldn't say in bed with the unions, but they're obviously trying to appease them. But like, it doesn't seem like, the Democrats are the unions. Like if you're fighting the unions, that makes sense sort of from a, you know, 
you know, from a business standpoint at Tesla, you, you're like, all right, I don't want unions. We're going to, we're not going to do that. But to say like, okay, the Democrats are trying to kill me because you didn't get invited to a, uh, an event, which clearly I think they should have been like Tesla should have been invited to those events. Mm-hmm. That seems obvious, but like, that doesn't mean it's, it's nuclear wartime. It means no. like, it, it, it sounds like he has a short memory because like I remember the days of like Mitt Romney saying that Tesla was one of the losers that, yeah, like that Obama was Solandra, investing in. Solandra, and, and, Solandra. Uh, yeah, along with Sandra, with Tesla ended up like buying their headquarters and shit. Like, the, the, there's been the, <laughs> like if we go to the history of time of Tesla, it's it's for it's it's clear that the Republican Party has been more harmful to 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 Tesla as a business than than the Democrats. Not that the Democrats are doing great right now. I'm not defending them. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to link the Democrats to the unions, like he's he's not he's not a moron. Like he knows that the reason that the Democrats are pandering to the unions is, is they want their vote. Like it's it's as simple as that. Like he right. knows how politics work. Like you, you cannot take this nonsense personal. But yeah, I mean, to your point about like the the feedback loop and the, him spending time on Twitter and just seeing like all this, like this is working. Like uh, I've seen this this trend lately of the way you use Twitter, where he keeps like responding to people that are simply quoting him, like quoting something he says that like this is this is cool, like he's cool, and then he, he responds to that like exactly or yeah or like this 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 person gets it, but like. This is you. You you said that. Like he's quoting you verbatim. Like like this 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 is weird. Like this is getting. I I mean I'm no I'm no psychologist or therapist or psychiatrist. Like I'm not gonna diagnose anyone with any kind of uh, uh, mental not not the mental condition in time of like but more like uh, uh, personality traits or, or, or things like that. But I I I'm starting to see signs of things like not not going right and. Uh, and so just just now what just happened like with the firing those employees and like a lot of people obviously are bringing up the point of like hey this is not really pro free speech like they just voiced their opinion on on your behavior lately and you you fired them and um and so to justify that like one of his super fans again like brings up like oh elon is not really a spokesperson for spacex so his twitter and the weird things he says on there are not representative of those companies, which could be a fair point if he wasn't using those platform. Like he didn't make himself, he didn't make those platform into the main official common platform from SpaceX and Tesla. I mean, in the case of Tesla, he literally disbanded the PR department. So if you want actual, um, Officials like official statement for Tesla from the CEO of Tesla, you have to go to his Twitter, literally. And then you go to his Twitter and he bans people that give him negative feedback, like me. He uh and you have to get to the actual statement that you want, you have to go through a ton of like questionable memes and and divisive political comments and uh and literal like insult battle between him and Jeff Bezos and, and Bill Gates and and, and, and all that nonsense that like my, my main point is that let's say that any other Tesla or SpaceX employee would have a Twitter account that gets somehow like a little popularity and they were acting just like Elon is, they would get a call, an email from HR real quick and be like, hey, this is like you're known as an employee of Tesla. 
and you are like not behaving publicly in a, in a way that aligns with our code of conduct and you shouldn't do that. Like for sure that would happen. Now, no one as HR is reaching out to Elon about that. Uh, there's, there's, there's just no way. So there is this kind of hypocrisy, I think, that uh, I, I'm starting to really not like. And uh, and, and now with all this, what, like I said, I, I'm starting to see that, oh, this is getting to a level that is, like when I say dangerous, I mean, where I think Tesla gets negatively affected by it. Um, and we're, we're seeing that in some of the news this week that came out. So let's get to the actual news item here. So the layoffs. So the layoffs first started earlier this month. If you remember, like a, just a quick uh, reminder, it started with an email that leaked from Elon to Tesla executives where he said that he was worried about, about the, uh, he had a super bad feeling about the economy. And he said that there's going to be a hiring freeze and we're going to, you, you have to lay off 10% of your staff. He said that. Um, and then the later that day or the next day, he ended up sending an email to all employees to clarify that when he meant 10% the, the workforce, it was just talking about salaried employees and that hourly employees were headcount would actually increase. Okay, sounds fair. You want to clean up a little bit in the managerial roles, and but you still want to keep like this is this is June, like this is the end of the quarter. Like you need people to sell cars, deliver cars, service cars, build cars, all that, and all all of, all of those are made by the the grunts, the all of the employees, the people doing the the dirty work. Like okay, like those people are safe; they don't have to worry about their job being cut at this point. Uh, but what we learned today from uh, reliable inside sources is that people are being a bunch of hourly employees are being laid off right now uh yesterday actually that was that there was a second wave of layoff and it included hourly employees and i'm hearing that that's what what the wild thing i'm hearing employees from sales and deliveries at the end of a quarter where elon asked them to go out out go nutty and all that stuff because they need to go strong for uh, it's going to be a tough end of the quarter People were were let go in those departments. Even in service, which Elon has been hammering lately that the Tesla needs to improve service, they have let go of actual tech, like technician working on cars. And now you want the, the little cherry on top. We also reported yesterday from again from very good inside sources that Tesla is sending untrained employees, employees from sales, from deliveries that are not trained to work on car and service cars. They are Taking them out of their sales position, like it, it can be like in, you can be working in a mall, literally like a, as one of the sales advisor in a mall and Tesla uh, it w- takes them and bring them in service centers to work on cars. Again, to be fair, they're not, it's not like they are repairing a battery pack or anything like that. Like they are mainly like changing tires, changing wheels, but even that, that requires some training normally. Like it's, it's, it's like, it's a safety issue to have like a tire not, not bolted. Right. Uh, like, and other like small service operation but his idea is like all ends on deck like we want every like able-bodied to work on cars and then he fires actual tech te- technician and then uh other sales people too so so what i'm saying is that it wasn't true when he was said that the layoffs were just for salaried employees he's actually firing uh hourly wages employees and uh this this service thing wasn't just doesn't look good 
And uh, it's it's worse than I thought. Like I, when he said like we're, they were working on service, I, I thought okay, like yeah, you could always use a lot of improvements. But apparently, it's it's that bad that they are doing that. Like it's uh, it's worse than I thought. I see a lot of people asking um, if we read Shotwell's explanation letter. Like I read it and I wasn't impressed by it at all. So Shotwell, yeah. uh, Gulen Shotwell is the uh, no, not Gulen. What's her first name? Gwen Shotwell. Gwen. Shot well, she's the president of, of, of SpaceX, so she's the number two of SpaceX uh, uh, after after Musk. And um, basically, what she said it was that that the the letter was like uh, the, pe- the people behind the letter were saying like w- was sending unsolicited emails to, to those employees, and that was like that was upsetting people that they would get those uh, like it, it, that wasn't a good excuse for firing them, in my opinion, because like. If you don't agree with what they send in the letter, like don't sign the letter. That's that's all they were requesting. Like this is an open letter. This is a weird group of people at SpaceX who believe in what is in that letter. If you want to sign it, sign it. But I don't think they were forcing anyone to sign it. Yeah, and say they were being bullied. That's yeah, like, really strange. Yeah, the, I, I not not convincing answer at all. Like you fire like. The, it looks exactly you fire them because they talk bad about Elon or they, they give negative feedback from Elon. Um, so so yeah, it's not it, it's not ideal, not an ideal situation at all. Uh, all right, then the other big news this week was this uh, price increase across Tesla's entire lineup, and it's a, it's a big one. It's uh, thirty five hundred to six thousand dollars per car. Um, so the Model S, uh, the Model Three long range. So the Model the Model Three, the standard words did the same at forty seven thousand, uh, but the long range version went up to fifty eight thousand. Uh, and uh, it's the performance version stayed the same. Both Model Y went up. Uh, Model Long Range went up from sixty-two thousand nine, about sixty-three thousand to sixty-six thousand, so a three thousand dollars increase. Model Y performance went from sixty-eight thousand to seventy thousand dollars, a two thousand dollar increase. Uh, we don't Tesla has yet to put the Model Y built in Texas on there. That's like the standard range with 279 miles of range. But uh, from what I've seen so far, like we, a bunch of people, Tesla seems to have sent another wave of emails to uh, people that have Model Ys right now, and um, that offering them to upgrade. Well, um, I don't know if upgrade is the right word because sometimes it's it's a downgrade, especially in terms of range and, and things like that. But to get the Texas built faster than their current order. But uh, and it looks like it's still sixty thousand dollars for now. So the price hasn't changed there. It's weird. Um, well, it's not weird that things are going up. Um, obviously, uh, we've heard recently that the Maki is uh, breaking even. We'll talk about that later. I think uh, <clears throat> there's a you know we heard today that the Hummer EV is going up six thousand dollars. It's not surprising, but mm-hmm. there's been a long line of uh, price increases here. So this is. Yet another big one. Yeah, it's the accumulative effect of all the price increases at Tesla. That are, now those vehicles are like quite expensive. Uh, the Model S got a five thousand dollar price increase from a hundred thousand to one hundred and five for the base version. Uh, the Plaid is still is, is still the same. Uh, the Model X went from one hundred and fifteen to one hundred and twenty one thousand, a six thousand dollars increase. Again, the Model X Plaid uh, stayed the same at one hundred and thirty nine thousand dollars. So these are these are massive increase. Again, they are increased for new orders, and those new orders are getting delivered like six to twelve months from now. So it's not like affecting any deliveries right now. But what it, 
if we are to repeat Tesla's own explanation for that based on what they said on the previous price increase, especially the big one in March, because there was a big one in March, not a big one in June, uh, it's that uh, Tesla is anticipating cost increases. So they, uh, by the time they have to produce those cars, again, 6 to 12 months from now, and they are baking that in right now because people are placing their orders right now. So that's a reasonable explanation. However, Tesla, like all the price increases over the last year that happened, uh, during that time, Tesla's gross margin have increased also like significantly. So it would lead that uh, Tesla is not being very good at predicting those costs because the money is going into the company's pocket. What again, I'm not I'm not saying I'm against that. Like if it accelerate the transition to electric vehicle and they use that money to accelerate the, the production because the demand is there. Apparently, even at those price level maybe not at those ones but the ones before that uh you know what was weird is yesterday or sorry last week um we heard that uh elon warned uh rivian that uh mm-hmm. having too expensive a, of a car yeah. is you know you're going to price yourself out of the uh the market yeah that's true and here we are yeah i mean we can talk about that too i think it wasn't there but uh yeah, that's that's a good point. Like the, the, exp- he said, every time you increase the price exponentially, let fewer people can afford the car. So he, he's right here, especially for the like the like the Model Y is by far Tesla's most popular vehicle right now, and it starts at sixty six thousand dollars right now. Well, again, w- without the the, the Texas built one, uh, but still that that's still sixty thousand dollars. So this is the cheapest Tesla Model Y you can buy right now. Uh, take, yeah, that's that's pretty expensive. Yeah. You still have the Model Three. I mean, didn't the Model Y start at like forty something thousand? I mean, yeah, forty forty five. I think it started. No? So it's up twenty thousand dollars from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, twenty one thousand dollars <laughs> over like what it started in two thousand nineteen. Like, so that's a fifty percent increase in price. I don't think we've hit fifty percent inflation yet. No, no. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. You know, if you can get the money, I mean, if you can get it. Why not? Yeah, and and to be fair, like like you said, other vehicles are also increasing in prices. Like like, well, the Hummer was already pretty expensive, right? Yeah, yeah. Nobody's like, oh, that much more expensive for a Hummer. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, Hummers are selling for double the uh, sticker price right now. Yeah, uh, on the which is, which makes this Bolt thing like we talked about it before, but the Chevy Bolt losing six thousand dollars makes no sense at all. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, it, it, yeah. it seems like a mistake. Like Mari Barra sent out a, you know, like make the bolt $6,000 more expensive and she, <laughs> someone screwed up and she put like a negative sign or something and somebody put it in there and they're like, oh, it's crap, whatever. Yeah, it's you, not that much money. Yeah. You know, there's only you can get a bolt for 25,000. like, uh, to be honest at this point though, like, even though I love, like, I love my model three, but if, if, if I, I was to uh, on a new, on the market for a new car right now. I'd get a Bolt for $25,000 before I get a Model Y for $60,000. For sure. Um, I'm getting my mom one. Yeah. It, hopefully she's not listening to this. But um, <laughs> And I, I was actually thinking about getting myself one just because yeah. for $25,000, so that's a huge battery. Yeah. I could use that as a power wall. I mean, 66 hey. kilowatts, that's four power walls. I, I installed my power walls. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I got my power walls installed. I got two installed. That's the 28 kilowatt hour of battery capacity i got one of them for free from tesla well for free from i uh, for my participation in the referral program right no uh is that is that you didn't get yeah more than one yeah. i thought you would get like two or four or something no i got not one uh yeah to my oh, yeah, for selling uh solar for for a uh, referral for solars that i got it 
mm-hmm. but I had to pay for the other one. It cost me $24,000 Canadian. Really? For yeah, one power wall? What, one power wall. And install. And the, and the installation for the yeah. two power walls. You have to pay for the installation of the one that you get for free. Right. So, yeah, I mean, if you can find a way to, like, hook up, like, on... Unbolt the battery pack and use it as a storage on the on the bolt, the twenty five thousand dollar bolt. Like, yeah, it's uh, it's cheap. All right, on on the more better news front from Tesla, like uh, this is from uh, our, our reporting on the company wide meeting that uh, apparently we are the only one that has the recording on that. So we've been leading the reporting on this. We uh, should put that in our uh, Patreon. Oh yeah, that could be cool. Um, yeah, we need to cut it together. We could do yeah. something about that. Uh, Tesla is uh, so it was it was a comment that I thought like as I was re-listening to the because I was trying to find what what is newsworthy in there and as I was re-listening to it I'm like oh this is actually something that like, I didn't catch the first time but it is newsworthy is because this uh, this employees this employee asked Elon during the the call this is the meaning where is going to be Tesla's next factory in the US so we know that Tesla is planning to announce a new gigafactory or maybe new gigafactories locations uh, by the end of the year so this employee asked the next one in the US where it's going to be and then Elon responding to that comment uh, he felt the need to say that actually we're more looking in North America and so that includes Canada and Mexico along with US and said and uh, he specifically said that Tesla is considering sites in those markets so I, the fact that he felt the need to specify that they're not just looking in the U.S., but in North America as a whole, and that the next factory in North America might not necessarily be in the U.S., but in Canada and Mexico, that's uh, that's newsworthy, I think, especially in the context that if you remember last year, we uh, we reported on uh, on uh, uh, Quebec uh, Quebec's ministry um, uh, minister of economy meeting with Tesla executive in California and uh, and. Quebec, the, the the state of the, the the province of Quebec has been uh, has unlocked billions of dollars and an incentive to to bring manufacturing related to batteries and uh, electric vehicles to to the to the, the province. And uh, already some of that has already been distributed, like uh, uh, through the supply chain, especially through uh, for for, for uh, cathode production and, and battery uh, lithium refining and, and graphite processing and all that stuff. But they need the looking for what they call an anchor project, uh, which would be either full electric vehicle manufacturing or battery cell manufacturing. And Tesla is obviously a target for that, since the the new model of uh, Tesla Gigafactory appears to be from cell to to car. So that's uh. I thought that was interesting, and obviously, take all that. I, I'm biased here. That uh, well, everything I just said is facts, but uh, I'm biased in the fact that I, I would like Tesla to go to come to Quebec because I live there. So you think they would go to in Canada? They would go to Quebec, or well, I, I'm just it's not exact. It's not sure that it would be the case uh, in, in terms of like workforce. I think it would make sense that it would be either Quebec, Ontario, or, or BC. Mm-hmm. Though probably more Ontario or Quebec. Um, they're probably looking more for East Coast. Uh, I w- it would make sense. They have already yeah. like a factory on the East Coast, uh, on the West Coast. Factory is Central. A factory on the West Coast would make sense. So somewhere between uh, Quebec and Ontario w- w- would make sense. But uh, Quebec has all the resources for. But Ontario has a ton of uh, natural resources related to batteries too. They still have uh, nickel and, and and cobalt production in in, in Ontario. Cheap but, electricity uh, in uh, Quebec. Cheap electricity, super cheap electricity in Quebec too. So that's also a benefit. But but Quebec has also been specifically like 
courting Tesla. We know that too. So that's mm -hmm. the encouraging point. All right. This this also made a lot of news this week. It was uh, I, uh, personally, I didn't think that it was that big a, uh, of a news because I think the the report lacked context a lot. But NHTSA released their first uh, safety performance of advanced vehicle technologies report, and uh, the report was basically just the amount of crashes on level two uh, ADAS system. <laughs> Sorry, advanced uh, driver assistance system. And uh, level three to five self-driving system. Uh, so they bundle up level three to five and then level two on its own. And unsurprisingly, Tesla Autopilot led uh, level two crashes with 273 crashes, with the next biggest one being Honda. Kind of surprising to Honda being on that list. Uh, but here's here's the thing. The, the uh, And to be fair, they did mention that in the report, though. I think the report like really didn't deserve much of a like press if without that information is that they didn't normalize the data for right. the number of cars on the road that have that level two ADS is technology or even better the miles driven on that ADS technology. So they just purely released the crashes number, which as you look at this graph at this this graphic, if you just look at the at the graphic, you're like, oh well, Tesla is awful. But it's my strong suspicion that Tesla has a lot more vehicles with uh, level two system in there and a ton more mileage than any other of those automakers. Uh, specifically for the fact that still 2019, since 2019, Tesla has been delivering all their vehicles with free autopilot in it. So, uh, of course, of course, that's going to happen. Uh, so it's not it's, it's in no way representative of the safety level. One more interesting part of that um that report, though, is that when you look at the level three to five crashes, uh, obviously, like Waymo is the leader there with uh, 62. And then you have Cruise also have a bunch. But Tesla has one. That uh, means there's a level whatever Tesla running around. Yeah, there's a three to five. And Tesla has been specific in like we don't have self-driving. Like there's nothing self-driving. Everything is level two. That's how they get around like the DMV California reporting. They say, no, no, it's level two. We're not even the FSD beta. It's that's not that's not we don't have to report that. That's a uh, uh, level two system because the driver isn't responsible at all time. Uh, so my explanation, though, I cannot confirm it, is that most likely that NHTSA is accounting for FSD beta as a level three or five or three to five. And the crash that we learned about was uh, earlier this year in February when uh, this actual that was caught on video where it was the first like reported crash on FSD beta it was a small crash to be fair like the car like smashed into like a uh, a pole that separates like the bicycle lane I think with the with, with the main road and uh, may, so I'm thinking that they likely count that as a crash for uh, level three or four or five system they don't specify which one that, I thought that was interesting. They do release the crashes where they happen. So obviously, mostly in California, where most of those companies are, are testing those cars. After that, it's Arizona, uh, which uh, we know that Phoenix, Waymo is a big thing in Phoenix, so a few crashes there. After that, there's not much. Uh... Yep. All right. Uh, 
All right, we have a few more news items to discuss, and then we're going to jump into the comment session. So if you guys have questions right now, please put them in the comment section right now. We're going to get to them in a few minutes. If you can put question in the all cap before your actual question so it's easier for us to go through, that would be helpful. Also, if you do enjoy the show, please give us a thumbs up. That helps the algorithm, and we love the algorithm. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, if uh, you can give us a review too, that's always helpful on your podcast app. If you give us a five-star review, that helps the show tremendously. It's a free to do, and we appreciate it. Um, all right. Yeah, that, that you were referencing earlier, this um, part of that comment here that uh, Elon made on this uh, Silicon Valley Owners Club uh it wasn't a podcast or it wasn't like an interview, like a film interview, really. And um, Elon made some interesting comment about Lucid and Rivian that uh, I thought was kind of, a, well, miscontext again, <laughs> a bit like the NHTSA report. Uh, Elon said that unless something changes significantly with Rivian and Lucid, they will both go bankrupt. They are tracking toward bankruptcy. I hope they can do something, but unless they can cut their costs dramatically, they are in deep trouble and will end up in the car cemetery like every other, with the exception of Tesla and Ford. He's uh, referencing the fact that only Tesla and Ford are the only two American automakers that have uh, not gone bankrupt. Uh, he said, my advice to Ribbon would be to cut costs immediately across the board dramatically or they are doomed. So... Technically, he is absolutely right. If you look at the financial, like they are losing a ton of money every quarter, and the and negative will, margins currently. Yeah, and even in the case of uh, Rivian, at least like, they are losing money on every card they sold, literally, uh, which is bad. But it, it's what you expect in the company in in that stage, like in the stage that Rivian and, and um, Lucid are. They are trying to ramp up production and they are, they are losing money on cars, but their hope is to start to achieve positive gross margin and start making some money and then not rely on raising more capital in order to be sustainable and, and not go bankrupt. So my uh, Tesla was in the exact same, not exact same, but very close to same uh, situation. And you could argue an even worse situation to some degree because uh, they, uh, they uh, sorry, uh, because they uh, they had less money in the bank, especially compared to Rivian. Rivian at the end of last quarter they had sixteen billion dollars, over sixteen billion dollars in the bank. Tesla, I mean, until recent, Tesla never had that kind of money in the bank until recently. As a, as a like five hundred billion dollar companies, I think that's around the time that they had that kind of money in the bank, and uh, um. So that also Tesla, Tesla when they were in that growth phase, trying to ramp up production, well, they're still trying to ramp up, but when they were producing a lot fewer cars, there was no big market for electric vehicles at that point. Like Tesla literally created that market. Now there's extreme demand for electric vehicles that in Rivian and Lucid exist in, exist in that market. Granted, there's also more competition, but as far as we can tell right now, the, comp- the 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 competition is uh, as there's plenty of space for it because the demand for EVs is so high. So, so yeah, this is this is complete. Uh, my, my, what's weird about it is that uh, Elon. I remember specifically Elon like complaining about people making the exact same comments about Tesla. 
where he was like, yeah, people are so, they're naysayers, they're negative, they're all doom and gloom about Tesla when they should be encouraging the company and things like that. Not that like he said, like, he hoped that they can turn around, but like his, his comments are, are very similar to comments that like he was, uh, he, he was critical of during that period. Um, now, as a bit of a devil's advocate, where I, where I would say that, uh, especially in the case of Rivian, where there's a, a, a difference with Tesla, is like by that time that Tesla was producing the number of cars that Rivian is producing now, so a few thousand per quarter, they were already uh, at a positive gross margin on the vehicle. Now, they were still losing money as a company through no personal costs, but on revenue versus cost of goods, they were in the positive. So that that's a big difference because when you start ramping up a lot, if you're still negative, if it, and Rivian said that they expect to uh, build about twenty five thousand cars this year and still have negative gross margin, this this start to be a massive financial burden on them. Again, they have a ton of cash on end, so they can withstand it at least for this year easily. But at some point, they might have to raise more capital if they cannot uh, increase the pace of the uh, of the improvement of their gross margin and. Uh, but again, it, to play the devil's advocate to, to, to the other side, uh, Tesla also relied on raising more capital for a long period of, of, of time. Like this was the big, uh, like the big criticism on the financial markets of Tesla is like, if it doesn't raise more capital, it's it's gonna die. And obviously, Tesla was very good at raising more capital. Uh, and now Rivian and Lucid on a more difficult situation. We're entering a recession right now, and. Uh, it could be more difficult to raise capital. But at the same time, Rivian is backed by Amazon and Ford. And Lucid is backed by the Saudis. So right. plenty of money <laughs> where that came from. Unlimited. <laughs> Unlimited, literally. Uh, so so I'm, not, I'm not too worried about bankruptcy on either side. And I wish Elon would have framed those comments in that context. And also like acknowledge the fact that, yeah, people were saying sim- very similar thing about us back in the day and i wasn't happy about that it and seems this bra- like it's bad faith right it seems like he's, he's a little bit purposely i don't know some people brought up that oh he's worried about them he's worried about them like uh, i don't i don't know that's the case i, I think, think he might be worried just, about them in a different way though well yeah i don't know but what what i didn't like and i mean i'm not blaming the guys that did the podcast at the silicon valley like they're just like they're, they're fans and they were just wanting to to listen to elon talk and everything but this is another example though of elon just interacting now just with people that are super fans and and that are not going to push back on anything like i i wish that this interview was done with someone with more of a of a like live, like not too much of like a fan man, mindset and that they could push back on ideas like that cuz you would get because I would I would have liked to to hear Elon's response to yeah, but I hear you talk right now, and it sounds a lot like the Tesla naysayers back in the in two thousand like ten to uh, to eighteen really, and uh, I would have liked a lot of what he said about that. Uh, but obviously, the whole podcast is them like softball question to Elon, and then. Elon respond and them nodding like yes, absolutely, you're right. This is this is yes, yes, yes. And like it's uh it's hard to watch sometimes. So someone who's uh like has more of a journalistic background, like it's uh it's a bit frustrating to watch that. And not that I'm not a fan of like uh, I'm I'm still a fan of like what Elon has accomplished and everything is is just that 
he's not he's, he's not a god like he's not perfect like something you have to push back on ideas or, otherwise we get we get the situation that we have right now unfortunately all right moving on from tesla we have uh, neo came out uh, with the es7 so they've been teasing that car since as long as i can remember uh, and now they finally fully unveiled it 578 miles of rocket we i didn't know we used the uh, chinese mileage on this like uh, well it's yeah. a chinese car <laughs> yeah chinese car. you won't get 578 in, miles in china you will yeah <laughs> maybe <laughs> Uh, you vehicle to load capability. So this is this is uh, a, a few new features that are introduced with that car, and this has kind of uh, been described as a Model Y competitor, if you will, like in terms of the form factor at, at least. And um, where are well, this is a good looking car too. Like Neo has a very clean, very like a Volvo, maybe Volvo like uh, something look. like that. Yeah, uh, you have a sunroof, so. High efficiency e drive platform with uh, SIC power module, zero to 100 kilometers at 62 miles per hour in 3.9 seconds. So, pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Oh, they put the braking distance 100 to zero kilometers an hour uh, within 33.9 meters. Air suspension standard. Oh, well, that's, uh, that's new. 150 kilowatt hour battery is pretty big. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. yeah well, still 920. Almost a thousand kilometers of range. I still, I still have my doubt, even even with 150. But it, it, but it. However, it's still impressive that it can fit 150 kilowatt in that form factor. So it must be kind of a very energy dense battery pack, if they can do that. Uh, but yeah, in terms of the 75, th- like uh, 300 men, well, that's a little bit more reasonable in terms of uh, calculation. It is a 4,400 pound car. Yeah. All right. Uh, some interior feature reseat that are heated and power adjustable to decline. Oh, that's that's where I have power adjustable rear seats. Seven point one four Dolby Atmos surround sound system, waterfall ambient lighting. Hmm. Lot of uh... so Neo is in um, Norway, and uh, we anticipate they're coming to the U.S. One other thing about um, Neo that. I think people are kind of interested in is the uh, battery swap stations. Although I don't know mm. if the ES7 is going to be included in that because that that'd be a monster battery to replace. Yeah, and I mean, I, I've. Why would I've you given, need to replace a big battery like that? Yeah, I've given a lot of kudos and like for for Neo to make uh, battery swapping work in China. I just don't know if it's going to work in other markets though. And I know they are bringing it to Norway, like they had their first few station. Battery battery swap station in Norway. I don't know if they're gonna bring it in uh, in the U.S. Though I know they're planning to bring their cars to the U.S. I don't know if they're gonna bring them battery swapping. So it starts at sixty nine thousand seven hundred for the seventy five kilowatt hour version. Yeah, seventy eight thousand dollars for the less than ten thousand dollar more for. Oh no, okay, no, there's a hundred kilowatt hour battery. Oh, uh, okay, and we're gonna have to check with Scooter on this one because he he quotes a hundred kilowatt hour pack there and one hundred and fifty on the other one. I mean, it's got to be 150 if, if it gets yeah. 570 miles of range. Yeah, because if you go with just 25 kilowatt hour more to get... Like, Although the pricing looks more like 100 kilowatt hour. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Weird. Yeah, we're going to have to come back to you with that because uh, this is a bit confusing. There's a premier version, so the first one being delivered, I think it's... Uh, 
it's a little bit more expensive, but sometimes it's just have like a different like badging and things like that. It doesn't have much more new features. All right, bad news for Ford, the Mustang Mach-E, um, the, it, it's been a, as a delivery stop on it that Ford communicated to the dealership this week. So there's going to be a safety recall coming up because of a faulty uh, battery connector that uh, can cause the car to power down uh, when driving. So obviously, this is a, a safety issue. It affects uh, a certain number of 2021 and 2022 Mustang Mackies. So you think about 30,000 something units are affected right now, but it, it's some of them. So, but the, the, the stops, the stops, uh, not stop sell, it's a stop delivery. So, so Ford dealership cannot deliver those cars right now um, the, for all of them. The safety recall also likely is going to extend to all of them, but it might, might not be all those vehicles are affected. Uh, it sounds like it's a safe to drive right now, but because the, the car will, uh, you still uh, going to have time like to pull over and you can, uh, the brakes are going to walk the electronics inside the car is going to, is going to work, but uh, it's still, it's still a worrisome issue. And uh, uh, Ford said that they don't have a fix right now for it. Uh, so that's why they are stopping deliveries right now. And they said that they're going to have a fix in Q3. So it looks like a significant issue because that's at least another two weeks and not delivering any Mackies. And of course, Q3 is any time between July and, uh, and September. So, Bad news for Ford. Yeah, but they're not really selling any Mach-E's now. They ran out of their supply months ago. Yeah, so, too. So it's not a huge loss. And it mm-hmm. doesn't sound like the fixes. I, did I hear the fixes OTA? Uh, they mentioned both software and possibly hardware. So it could. It's, I don't know if it's both of them or either. Or like, uh, mm. it's not. It's not clear from the dealer communication. And Ford actually didn't like they just yeah the dealer communication was all yeah usually people. our PR people at Ford are yeah. like all over that stuff so it's weird yeah but they just told me it's not a stop sale just not a stop delivery that's it okay uh, the uh, Blazer EV the Chevy Blazer EV we got a new picture of it and a and a reveal date of well yeah, they pretty much revealed it but I guess we're gonna get all the details and the specs and all that on July 18 and before now we get this new picture right here which uh, looks uh, pretty sleek I like it. Oh. Yeah, uh, I mean, I like it a lot yeah. more than the whole Blazer for sure. Yeah, I mean, for a Chevy, it's pretty cool. That that thing, that gap behind the the front wheel, not sure about it yet. We're going to need to see more angles on that. And I know that charge board is there, um, but I like the form factor. I think it looks good. Um, I like the yeah. front end too. Like it's not a fake grill. It's just like right. something in between. It's not like a nose cone or anything like that. It's a yeah. I, it, Size-wise, it kind of reminds me of the Kia EV6, um, like almost like a high station wagon-y look. Um, we had seen previously the uh, the charge port um, and a teaser that they sent out. Well, uh, um, as I'm looking at the charge port right now, so it opens up like like this, like uh, like that. I guess, yeah. Well, that's that's not good because the, uh, the cable is going to put pressure on it because the cable, like when you plug it in, the cable like pulls down like that. Yeah, also, if you if you're in the snow, yeah, I know uh, it's hard because it's it's darkened, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it's frustrating because the Chevy Bolt had the best charging port of any. I mean, obviously the Tesla's mm-hmm. are pretty good, although not the best. Um, I think the Chevy Bolt is basically like a gas cap. You just pull it open and you put the plug in, mm-hmm. and that's it. <laughs> I just uh, all this weird stuff. You know, the Rivian coming. Uh, I'm getting a Rivian R1s at some point, mm-hmm. and the charge port there is like this 
motor that goes and you know porsche has that crazy yeah. one you have to like yeah, tesla is not is not bad but they, they have had issues in extreme cold before where it doesn't open right yeah my model 3 uh, door isn't working properly right now um really but yeah. it, i think it's a pretty easy fix and it probably has to do with the snow you know like fr- freezing it and then i'm trying to crack open the ice with my hand and then i, I probably pulled it out so it's most likely my fault but um <laughs> Well, I had some similar issue at one point, but uh, they, they did the software update at some point and not fix it. I don't know really? how they fixed it with a software S- update. Software, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right, this 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 study is kind of worrisome. It's uh, worse than I thought. So, a study looked into the um, the number of functional charging station, uh, fast charging stations, so DC charging station in the Bay Area. Uh, so, it's the study from researcher at Berkeley University. And uh, they looked into 678 chargers at 181 stations in the Bay Area, and they found that only 72% of them, 72.5% of them were functional at the time of testing. So it means that one in four station, not station, charger were non-functional. This is obviously very bad. Like, I, yeah. like, there's nothing more frustrating than coming to a charging station and it's it's not working. There's something wrong with it. It's it's, it's terrible. Uh, I knew it was a problem, but like this this bad, especially in the Bay Area, you, you would think that people take care of them a little bit better because it's a huge market for electric vehicles. But apparently not. Uh, Tesla is not included in the study because they wanted to do public charging station and the superchargers in the Bay Area only work with. Uh, Tesla vehicles, so they don't consider it public. But they did cite uh, a survey that I wasn't aware about before, where they said that only four percent of Tesla owners reported a major difficulty with Tesla. Uh, we call it Tesla closed DCFC system, so basically the, the supercharger network. So this sounds like it's a lot better. The most of the stations that were um, tested were EVgo and uh, Electrify America, which mm. both have kind of a reputation around around that. Uh, something that they have to improve, obviously. So they, this did not include Tesla stations. No, not not the seventy-two percent uh, mm-hmm. number. No. Um, they said that for the most part they were uh, unresponsive on or unavailable screens. So either the screen wouldn't work, so you couldn't like activate it. The payment system failed. Uh, charge uh, initiation failure, network failure, or broken connectors. So. Basically, got everything you can get out of the out of those six hundred fifty-seven stations. They found every mistake you can get. I mean, I'm not too surprised because uh, on my last road trip with the Mac Key, where on Electrify America's network, I had some issues. Uh, I did. I visited four different charge uh, charging station, and uh, two of them, the first charger I went to didn't work. Now, other charger at the same station did work, but not not the first one. Uh, and the first one just the the charging would initiate and like shut down immediately, and the other one is just that credit card. It wouldn't take my credit card for no, for some reason. Like the payment system didn't work. Yeah, it's been my experience as well. Uh, whenever I'm testing a, a vehicle and I go to a station, um, there's like a you know like this. There's a one in four chance that that station's not going to work. Yeah, it's not it's good. Not- yeah, <laughs> kind of have to pray uh, on your way there. That's going to work as if, if your charge is still down and you cannot get to another one. All right, let's get into the comments. We have quite a few today. All right. Let me mark the time, 50-52. And then, all right, Joshua Knight has the first all-caps question. 
Any news on Tesla's plan from a few years ago to do away with wiring harnesses? If I remember, they were trying to print conductors onto the body in white. Well, that's a very good question. I don't actually remember them specifically like mentioning that solution and doing away completely with wiring harnesses. I, I know that they were reducing uh, the number of wiring, uh, the number of connectors, wiring harness, and and of total mileage of wires within the cars. Uh, we know that the plan originally was that for the Model Y. Then there was the they did say made some improvement to that with the Model Y, but that was sort of delayed with the. Uh, because they didn't want to redo the complete, completely redo the architectures uh, from the Model Three. Uh, apparently, there are some improvements from the Model Y with the structural battery pack. But again, doing away completely with wiring harnesses, I, I don't think I'm familiar with that project. Yeah, I feel like uh, there was somebody, maybe Sandy Monroe or something, talked about that a little bit. Um, if they had a higher voltage, it would be a, a thinner wire as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Uh, the Jose, these price hikes, I agree. Can we go back to the Bolt a little bit? I still can't get my mind around how <laughs> inexpensive that thing is. Yeah. Like, I want to buy all the Bolts from Chevy that they produce and sell them for 40000 each. I feel like I could do that. <laughs> you know, just have a sale. Maybe maybe the, the old battery fire thing was like a, like a bigger hit than we thought on the demand for it. Maybe like we, I don't know. Like uh, it was it was a bad situation, and the GM didn't handle it right at all. But. Yeah, GM dropped the ball continuously, and they they have since the beginning on the bolt. The bolt is a fen- phenomenally engineered, great, super um, useful car, and uh, that had bad bad battery cells. <laughs> That's well, it it did have yeah. a battery problem, but yeah. they eventually addressed it, and yeah. the, the cars that are coming out now are are fine. I have brand new batteries in them. Yeah. All right, question. How similar is the Mach-E battery issue to the old Model S pack issue? It seems like performance will be reduced. Uh-oh, I think I might have lost you. Uh, all right, well, I'll wait for Fred to come back on, but um, I'll try to answer this. I think it's similar to the... I feel like there was a uh, a an issue with the Model S where... Um, they would overheat it. It's not really a battery issue per se. It's kind of like the connection issue. So, um, but I think it's, it's pretty fixable. They might, they might uh, not allow you to do, you know, one, one cool thing about the, the Mach-E is that they, um, they allow you to do uh, zero to 60 runs over and over and over again. Well, that it might not be the case anymore that you can keep doing that. All right. Uh, Fred is still drinking that uh, thing. So we'll go back continue um twitter in court all right we got some interesting stuff here the best employee letter is no employee letter that's true but uh you know if your ceo is behaving himself that you don't get those all right michael b says twitter where's the money muskowski we want the money muskowski tesla says you're good for it all right uh, Dan Oberst, uh, question. There seem to be very few white Model Ys in the staging area at Giga, Texas. Do you think there's any chance that the employees get discounted or free paint upgrade? Um, that's a good question. I'm not sure. It, I wonder if it has to do with Texas being super hot and the weather being super hot and people not wanting super 
hot vehicles. Hey, Fred's back. Yeah, sorry about uh, that. Uh, lost power. Oh, lost power, and that's the internet here. But I'm on my cell phone right now. Nice. All right, so we're talking about why there are so few white Model Ys in the staging area at Giga Texas. Do you have any idea about that? Well, I mean, they are very early in the production process, so they focus on like they don't they focus on lowering the complexities that that includes uh, having fewer color uh, scheme to have to 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 paint in the paint shop. Yeah. All right. Uh, did you read Shotwell's explanation there? We addressed this yeah. earlier. Uh, talk crap about your boss and get fired. Did you? Okay. I mean, have you read the original letter? Like, it, talk talking crap was is a kind of a a it reach. Se- really. It seemed like they wanted they were trying to be constructive. Yes, they were very reasonable. It was like right. Elon's behavior right now is distracting and not pr- productive, and uh, and this is why people. The, the, the this the is harshest, why his, he, the harshest word he used is embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Right. And, and this it is why is. His, his feedback loop is corrupt. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. as soon as somebody says something like, hey, chill out, Elon, you're being embarrassing, <laughs> you're fired, you're gone from my my existence. So I don't know. Like it doesn't it seems like a downward spiral. We'll see. Uh all right. Uh Gakwaponzi says, Fred, I can teach anyone in two to five minutes to change a car tire. Okay, good. Teach my wife. No, <laughs> Not a big deal to learn in a few minutes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not as simple as that. I'm, I'm not saying about the tire. Like, they are putting untrained people to work on cars. Like, this is as simple as that. Like, it's it's not an ideal situation. They should have, like, tech. I, mean, I know there's a, there's a labor shortage right now, and, it, and it's difficult. But they're really pulling people out of, like, sell job and deliveries in the middle of a delivery rush and having, like, service bar. It's, it's not great. So that's my point. Like, I don't, I don't think I'm reaching with that point no all right moving on uh why ryan weeby uh when do you think we'll finally know the austin model y specs and we know some of the specs but uh yeah i mean i I should spend more time on that sure i could find out if i uh if i I, I put a higher priority on that like it's especially if it's in the hands of the consumer right now it shouldn't be too difficult i'll I'll try to get that to you like relatively soon all right, Seth, if you buy a Chevy Bolt for your mom, will it catch fire in her garage? Uh, I hope it doesn't, and I don't think it will because they fixed it. Mm-hmm. And has Jim fixed or addressed that Bolt battery fire risk yet, though? Yes, they have. Well, uh, I think some people still don't have a battery replacement, though. Uh, there's yeah, the- there's there's actually, like, thousands of mm-hmm. bolts, like, in parking lots that haven't been replaced. They had, yeah. uh, GM did a buyback. And I don't. I'm kind of worried that they're not going to get replaced. They're just going to do a uh, EV one on them, which is like scary. Uh, Anyway, question: Any thoughts on VinFast? Information about their platform seems vague. Other than that, Magna is involved in developing an EV in a couple years. Sounds too good to be true. I know that VinFast is a noodle company. Uh, They got famous and and big from making noodles in Vietnam. And yes, they're using Magna. As but they've been making cars, not, not electric cars, for a while, though. Uh, I think so, but I don't know if yeah. they're making them directly or if they're outsourcing those. Well, they've been involved in, in cars for right. a long time, so it's not it's not like they're completely new to cars; they're new to electric. Right, cars. right. Um, and and you know, companies change all the time. Mm-hmm. I think Nintendo or Nokia or Fish, and anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so we haven't driven anything Vinfast has made. It does seem weird. Um, we got invited to go to Vietnam. Uh, scooter uh, did, uh, but we turned it down because uh, you know scheduling stuff. Um, but it would have been a cool thing to see 
the whole scenario over there. I don't know. Do you, what do you think, Brad? Yeah, I mean, I think they're serious. There's serious money behind it. They they they, they want to do it, and uh, the and the they're coming here. Uh, they're coming to Canada, coming to the U.S. So we'll give it a shot. I mean, I'm not uh, too familiar with it yet, but uh, it it looks like a serious effort from from what I can see right now. All right, okay. As films question review one Rivian's R1T is the first gen. Rivian's second gen will be called R2. I bet you they will call the Gen Three C3PO. <laughs> Love the podcast. All right, good one. Uh, the one Tesla autonomous driving that was reported was reported by a customer. Sounds to me like a customer didn't realize FSD is level two. Uh, I think uh, so. Yeah. The, the reported by a customer, there, there's plenty of both level two and level three that were, especially level two that were all just said reported by customers. But uh, it's. I think Nitsa had to look into it. I think it might. It might be like a, a Nitsa complaint, and that involved FSD beta. I don't. I don't think it was like autopilot. I think Nitsa at least confirms that. All right. Um, question: With the Shanghai COVID shutdown, what are your predictions for Q2 numbers, and how do you think the market will react? Well, it sounds like most prediction on between two hundred and fifty and two hundred and seventy thousand vehicles, and sounds about right to me. Um. Yeah, uh, I think on the higher end of that uh, of that range, market reacts relatively well because I think it's already baked in that uh, that uh, it was a hard quarter for Tesla in terms of productions. Uh, on the lower end of that range, I think the market goes bad. But at the same time, like this is a rough market these days, no matter what. So, yeah. All right, uh, moving on. Dan Obers asked the Monroe and. Associates teardown of the Rivian shows a lot of manual welds, non-robot. Many weld on the top of the weld to correct poor welds. Manual welding is expensive and rework welding even more. Not good money. Uh, that That's actually true. And but That was it, also true of Tesla back in the day, too. Exactly. And it's an easy fix. Like, yeah. Well, not easy fix, but it's, it's a fix that yeah. can reduce the cost, which yeah. is, you know, the whole point. So that that's, uh, that's a good example of... Probably the thing that you're not trying to tell us. All right. Rick Skinta says, CarMax just gave me a quote of 22K for my Forte GT line. I should just trade it for a new Bolt. Yes, absolutely. I don't, I don't know. I don't, uh, it's a Kia, uh, Kia Forte, right? Uh, I'm trying to the, see what the Forte is in my mind, but. Uh, I know the GT line is something that Kia mm-hmm. uses because they have the. Uh, EV6 GT line. I feel like it's like a small SUV, a small compact SUV. In Ford, I think whatever it is, whatever. Yeah, like well, honestly, it's it, yeah, if you're probably. getting that much for a Kia, especially with the price of gas right now, like dude, yeah. it's I just I just bought I bought gas for the first time in like five years today because I had to drive a truck to to deliver something to my house. Oh man! And uh, two twenty three a liter. It was. I was like, it cost me thirty bucks for. I don't know, maybe 40 kilometers than I did with the truck. You know, I have to say, it is really hard not being smug, like uh, at dinner parties or whatever. <laughs> People are talking about, oh, man, the price of gas is $6. <laughs> yeah. I, I try to shut up, and I try to just look down, <laughs> like I'm not trying to say anything. And then somebody will, you know, <laughs> I'm the EV guy. So people are always like, <laughs> oh, I bet you're you're laughing it up over there, aren't you? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, 
what am I going to say? I was trying not to, but now that you pointed out. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, oh, it's sunny today. That means uh, my electricity is actually free. So I'm paying zero. How's that feel? All right. Uh, moving on, Fred and Seth appear not to understand what it takes to manufacture a large product at scale. Actually, that's true. I don't understand what it takes. Super hard. Okay. But you know who probably does is uh, the people running Rivian and people running Lucid. So, uh, and it does not matter if it, they have a hundred billion in cash, eventually they will run out of cash. Yes, but they're going to yeah, figure out. And that's, we're not saying it's not, it's going to be easy to, <laughs> to improve. Like it, it, they could go bankrupt. They, they could fail in, in improving the gross margin, gross margin and ramping up production. But the fact that they already are delivering cars and it's a great product, even though again, yeah, it's not manufactured efficiently right now. It's not, they, they're, they're able to do it. Now they just to do it. They need to do it better, smarter, high, higher. Like here's the thing: to the higher volume is important at the same time because I think Rivian was bidding a lot on the economy of scale to help with their margins. But you have to time that in a way that you don't go bankrupt by the time like you don't start producing fifty thousand cars a year with with a, a slim margin. Because yes, that that's going to be a problem. But uh, no, I, I'm still optimistic about them. All right, Mikey G from the. Uh... Daily podcast says Quick he needs charge. our he needs our take the best ADAS going down to worst. All right, so this is a listicle. Um, I mean, that's going to show how many I can make. <laughs> like uh, definitely autopilot at the top. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Uh, though I don't know about you, are you going to say Super Cruise before autopilot? Well, so I think for all all things, well, I would actually say. Waymo probably, and then well, uh, uh, cruise ish maybe. Waymo, Waymo is not an ADAS; it's an right. ADS. It's not the same, right? Um, so just ADAS that would be like Super Cruise, yes, yeah, Autopilot, cruise. Blue Blue Cruise. Uh, uh, what's the, the what's the Hyundai one? No, the, the thing is, putting your hand on the wheel and holding it for hours at a time, or even like twenty minutes at a time, is way more uh effort than just looking to the front of the car mm. so uh ford's blue cruise on their uh f-150 has the the camera looking at your eyes super cruise has that um and i think they they operate pretty much the same as tesla on on roads that are uh you know that they will accept on and you know you can put tesla autopilot on on my driveway and it it'll try um, so, you know, Tesla is going to be better on the, the roads that Super Cruise and Blue Cruise don't go. But on the pretty good roads, like Tesla doesn't use that camera that they have above the rear view mirror to check your eyes. And I don't think they will. I don't think it's for that. So well, they do until, in my car. <laughs> oh, do they? Oh, because you have FSD. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. So I don't know. I know uh, Subaru doesn't have a good one on Catalina Island because somebody got lost. So maybe Mikey G remembers that. Uh, so I don't know. We'll, we'll make you know, a list. You know, I've been I've been using FSD beta lately, and uh, I mean, again, FSD beta is well. You can argue whether it's an ADAS or an ADS, but uh, I feel and it's not supposed to affect autopilot. Like it's two different stack that that does the highway driving versus the city driving right but I, I think it does affect it to some degree 
because uh, on the highway, I feel like I'm getting fewer, like, move the steering wheel uh, alerts. I'm driving the exact oh. same way. My hands are always on the steering wheel, but you have to apply torque and everything. I right. feel like I'm getting fewer of those since I have that. And um, what's the other thing, too? Well, I mean, obviously, the visualization is different. But uh, no, I mean, I think autopilot is, is, is very, very good. It's not perfect. Be careful out there when you use it. But it's extremely good. All right. I got bad news for everybody. 89. Oof. Yeah. Um, this is mostly my wife's driving. but um, ah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> well, she drives the uh, Model Y. I drive the Model 3. Um, it, uh, yeah, we're never going to get FSD, unfortunately. <laughs> it's, sad. it's sad to say. Um, you just need to like have her like switch car and and for for a while for a, and and a do and, yeah. and be careful with it like just do it and just be super careful with it because as soon as you get it the 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 safety score just goes away so yeah it also means I'll probably never get uh, Tesla uh, insurance because it'll be yeah. <laughs> super expensive yeah. but you know in our defense like uh, we get collision warnings getting like getting out of the driveway fifty yeah. percent of the time. And they happen all the time. So I think all right, that, that's the worst, by the way, about FSD beta is like when you actually use it and uh, something there's something the FSD beta doesn't like it. Like it does like the take control over like beep, 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 as if like there's a collision warning coming. Like it's so stressful for no reason. Like sometimes you yeah. just you have an intersection and it just doesn't feel like doing it the intersection because like it uh, it's too hard Something. or whatever and yeah. then beep, 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 like hey, i was i was ready like shut up like let's like right. just let me do it <laughs> yeah it's so stressful you know it'd be interesting uh taking like a, a heart rate monitor for somebody <laughs> who's who's riding with fsd well, I have, I have my, my apple watch right, right. you should we should do a test like all I right drive it. from one side of uh, montreal to the yeah. other with fsd on. Oh, I'm not even. I'm not even doing Montreal. Forget about it anymore. I'm not doing Montreal driving without only suburbs and country roads with with FSD beta. I was on the radio show yesterday or, or the day before. Yesterday, I was on a radio show in Montreal talking about Tesla and everything. And and the hosts know that I have FSD, and he asked me what I think on FSD on, on versus Montreal city street. <laughs> like I'm too chicken to try it again since I tried last time. Yeah. Too right, nightmares, to have nightmares about it. All right. Yeah. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks everyone for watching the show. We appreciate it. And uh, we're going to see you in the same thing, same place, same time next week. Have a good one.